One of my favorite Catholic teachers, thinkers, is a guy called Monsignor Luigi Giussani. One of his books that he wrote is called The Risk of Education. The Risk of Education. And he means that risk, not so much from the point of view of the person getting educated as teachers. It's that when we really educate people, we're really freeing them and it's the opposite of controlling them. His proposal is that very often we use education as a form of control. Ooh. <laughs> and we see this kind of in the, the, the way that it's done and some of it's necessarily so you teach somebody something and then you have to measure how much they've actually done the work themselves, how much they've really grasped it. So we have to have exams and ways of measuring these things. So it kind of it moves education a bit towards this process where we kind of limit the person's freedom in a sense, or like, I have to make you think the way I think, or I have to get this information, I have to take this information and shove it into you. Eat this book, quick, eat. So some of it's necessary, although painful sometimes for both parties. But Giussani's idea is, I'm sure he's not the only one who has this idea, is that education is about freeing people. Education is not about imposing my ideas or the institution's ideas on somebody. It's about proposing them and then letting them decide what they think. But this principle of proposing rather than imposing, I think is a, if you take that as the heart of what Jasani's saying there, that can be applied across the board to our, all of our faith. And I would especially say for evangelization. Sometimes we think of evangelization as again, like I need to, you know, kind of save this person. I need to take all of my ideas, which are awesome and shove them into this person. And they need to think the way I think in order for them to be awesome like me. Now, I'm not saying that uh, you or I or anybody else actually meant to do that, but sometimes that's kind of what we picked up. That's the vibe we got. And I know myself, it's, it's tempting to turn education, it's tempting to turn formation or evangelization into a form of control because it's a scary thing to let other people be other people because we don't have any control over other people. Now, of course, we don't have control over people anyway, but that's certainly I like to think that I do. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's an incredibly reverent, loving thing to take this risk of education, this risk of proposing what it is we're teaching or proposing specifically Jesus to people, then letting them decide. This is something of what we call the Socratic method, the great philosopher Socrates who would, and he used questions basically. He wouldn't tell people to believe this or that, but he would ask sometimes very, very leading questions, but he would, to draw out from people, well, what do you, how do you see it? Jesus used this. He more frequently answered questions with more questions than he answered them with answers, like way more. He almost never answered with a direct answer. He sounds really Irish to me. And it's really powerful because, because Jesus is more than big enough. The gospel is more than powerful enough to attract hearts, to fascinate minds, even the most stubborn and rebellious of minds. We don't have to do Jesus heavy lifting for him. We don't have to do his work. He'll do his work. We just have to propose it. We just have to say, listen, there's this amazing truth. There's this amazing person that I've encountered, Jesus. Here's what I understand of him. What do you think? The old phrase, what thinkest thou of Christ? And then let the person mull. This was something my mother did actually to me. 
when I was at a crucial point, I was really drifting far from my faith and getting involved in all sorts of alternative religions and the New Age movement. And, and she just asked me that question, what do you think of G who Jesus is? Who do you think he is? And she didn't impose anything. She didn't try to talk me into her belief. She just asked the question. And what I answered was, uh, it, by my standards now, it was absolute rubbish. But it was a really important first step where I could come to realize, right, yeah, this is what I currently think of him. And that eventually led me to, to full faith in who Jesus really is, an encounter with him. And I'm not sure that would have happened if my mother tried to force me into it. So in that place, that example of my, my relationship with my mother is a perfect example of, yes, there was an education going involved, it was involved there. There was evangelization involved there, uh, at least a pro part of the process of evangelization. And there was, uh, there was parenting, good parenting going on there. She didn't try to control me. She loved me. She let me be me. And then she prayed like mad. <laughs> yeah, and that's risky, right? Because um, it's risky to let people go. It's risky to let people de decide for themselves. But if they don't decide for themselves, if they don't choose Jesus on their own bat, then eventually that's going to come back and bite them. It's going to come back and bite us because it wasn't their faith. They can't get into heaven by yesing us, by saying, oh no, sure, I believe in the person you believe in, sure. But they haven't actually made the decision. It's just a child going along, even if they're a parent, an adult themselves. It's just a child going along with the story, going along with the authority. But rather we need to help that person and, and challenge them. Because if someone says, oh no, I believe, I believe, I believe. But we suspect that they haven't really made an adult free decision for Jesus. I would suggest that person needs challenging. And if that's you, you need challenging. What do you believe of Jesus? Not what your mother, your grandfather, your whoever thinks. What do you think? Do you believe that this carpenter from, from Israel back in the first century was really who he said he was, was really the son of God, is really unique and is the only way to the Father? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? And that is a decision that only you can make for you. Nobody else can. And if someone has tried to force you to do that, especially a representative of the church, be that parent or priest or anybody else, I apologize. Not that I really can apologize on their behalf, but on behalf of the church, I apologize because uh, that's not how it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to be forced into faith because that's impossible. We're supposed to be invited to please God. And then it's up to you. Then the ball is in your court. God bless you.